Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. Attitudes for a successful prayer life. Jesus tells two parables about prayer in Luke chapter 18. And since the two parables are given right after the other, it makes good sense that we look at them together and not singly as is often the case. These two parables are designed to highlight to the servant of God the absolute need for continuing in prayer. And they contain principles or attitudes that can help us to have a successful prayer life. Notice the reason for the parables. We should always establish the reason for the reason for or the context in which every parable is given because this is key in helping us to understand any parable. Luke 18 verse 1 says, Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. In chapter 17 we read where Jesus was describing to the disciples the kinds of struggles they would have to endure for his name's sake after his departure. The disciples needed to understand that only a life of constant and continuing prayer could get them through the difficulties ahead. And the same is true for us as well in this 21st century world. It is true prayer that will be strengthened for the present trials and in the days to come. These parables in Luke chapter 18 describe the attitudes with which we must approach prayer so that our prayer life can be a successful one. So, Luke 18 verses 1 through 8, the first parable. Then he spoke a parable to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So, when we look at this parable, some principles that come from that we can get from this parable is firstly, we need to pray often. As God's children, we must pray often. First, First Thessalonians 5 says, pray without ceasing. Secondly, we must pray about everything. So we must pray often and pray about everything. Thirdly, we, when we pray, we need to understand that everything is subjected to God's divine will and upon his own timing. 
many of us like to decree and declare in our prayers. But we can decree and declare all we want. Everything is about God's own will. And we should not think of prayer as an instrument to change God's will or to tell God what his will ought to be. Rather, prayer is that which helps us to understand and appreciate God's will, whatever it is. Fourthly, we must keep praying, even when it seems like we are not getting an answer. We, you never know what God will do. He, then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said? And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Why does the text say that God will avenge his own people speedily, though he bears long with them? I think this is looking at time from two perspectives. From God's perspective, he's acting speedily. But from man's perspective, everything may, may just seem very long. We live with the memories of yesterday's pain, coupled with today's sorrows, and, and this often makes us fearful or anxious about tomorrow. But, but through our continuing prayer, we learn to trust God even when we cannot see his hand knowing that he will act when he chooses to act, and that will be right on time. Fifthly, we need to have faith. Continuing in prayer helps us to hold on to our faith. Look at the question Jesus asked. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? This question is asked in a way that could suggest that the answer could be a no. Every disciple in every age must answer this question. Must answer this question. We must decide for ourselves if Jesus should come right now, will he find faith in me? I am, I am talking about genuine faith. The, the faith that Jesus had while he walked this earth. The faith that moves you to do and to abide in God's will. Comes what may. This is a faith that we use to access salvation. This is the kind of faith that gives us access to God's grace. Many persons claim to have faith, but, but the faith that they have doesn't move them to do the right thing. I once was in a conversation with some gentlemen, and one of them was telling me about his faith in God and how it was his faith in God that, that caused him to to, to to one day when he was very broke and had no money. It was his faith in God that 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 caused God to provide a, a, a payroll one that he could have robbed it. That is not faith. Jesus is talking about genuine faith, the kind of faith that caused us to do God's will, that caused us to, 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 to be pleasing in God's sight. Then the next parable, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in, in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this, this tax collector. 
I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 18, 9 to 14. The next, this next parable is about the Pharisee and the publican or the tax collector who went to the temple to pray. The Pharisees were greatly respected in those days. They were seen as the most righteous of the lot. They used to fast every Monday and every Thursday. And these days were market days and they would, they would often do their fasting in the marketplace so that everyone could see what they were doing. They used to pride themselves in the amount of tithe they returned even given double tithes in some, instances to, in some instances to demonstrate their piety. The publicans or the tax, collector were, were, tax collectors were a hated lot. They were seen as traitors to their people. They, they collected tax for Rome and they would also collect more than the prescribed amount so that they could make a living for themselves. They were seen as outcasts, undesirables, shut out from God. A lost and hopeless bunch. The Pharisees, Pharisee man, he prayed, boasting about his own goodness and thanking God that he was not like that hopeless publican. He listed seven good things about himself. In other words, he was a perfect man. Often they would pray, thanking God that they are not a Samaritan or a Gentile or a woman. He boasted that he was not. He was not as the extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the tax collector. He, he boasted about fasting twice a week, giving tithes of all that he possessed. He was telling God that rather than collecting money for Rome, he was putting in much in God's treasury. The tax collector stayed far away from the Pharisee. He did not think himself worthy to stand near that righteous man. He had no goodness of which to boast. He knew himself to be a wretched person. All he could do was plead to God for mercy. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, he went home right with God and not the Pharisee. It is possible that at the time Jesus was telling this parable, it could have been a story about persons who were right there in the crowd. Sometimes he did use stories of actual happenings to make his parables. Many scholars believe that the publican in this story could very well have been Levi Matthew, one of Jesus' own disciples who himself was a tax collector becoming before becoming a disciple. Or it could be Zacchaeus, the tax collector we encounter in the next chapter. He was most likely an associate of Matthew who could have been hearing about Jesus through Matthew. In any case, the tax collector was seeing the state of his soul and recognized that he needed deliverance. The Pharisee thought he had already made it. There was nothing wrong with him. No repentance to be made by him. All he was waiting on was to step right into heaven. Jesus said, The publican went home right with God and not the Pharisee. Such a declaration would have rattled the nerves of those who were listening to him that day. That would not have been what they were expecting to hear. Everybody hated the publicans. But here in this parable, they were seeing grace at work. 
radical grace. The first parable is highlighting our need to pray constantly. But this second prayer is telling us the attitude with which we must approach God. So, the sixth, the sixth principle about praying when you approach God, do so with a spirit of meekness. Make sure you are not thinking too highly of yourself and you are not looking down at, on your brother or sister. Make sure you don't think yourself better than anybody else. Humble yourself before God. Number seven, when you approach God, do so with the understanding that your attitude towards others is a determining factor in whether your worship, your prayer is acceptable or not. Our attitude towards others determines whether God accepts our worship or not. Our attitude towards others determines whether God accepts our prayer or not. Eighth, when we approach God, do so knowing that the wonderful th things that you have done, the good programs you have planned, how well loved and respected you are, none of these can qualify you or make you acceptable to God. The Pharisee was boasting about his goodness and believed that that made him acceptable to God. He believed that his goodness that he was boasting in his prayer, he, he thought that that qualified him. When we approach God, we must do so knowing that the wonderful things we have done, the good programs we have planned, or, or how lo well loved or respected we are, none of these things qualify us or make us acceptable to God. We need to have genuine faith. We need to have genuine repentance. Lastly, when we approach God, do so always with a heart of penitence. Humble yourself, confess your sins and sinfulness, and take hold of his grace. If you cannot see any sin to confess, well, just confess the fact that you cannot see your own sin and pray for him to help you to see yourself. So the attitudes of the successful Christian life, the attitude for the successful Christian life. One, pray often. Two, Pray about everything. Three, we need to pray understanding that everything is subjected to God's divine will and upon his own timing. Four, keep praying even when things, even when it seems like you are not getting an answer. Five, we need to have faith. Continuing in prayer helps us to hold on to our faith. Six, when you approach God, do so with a spirit of meekness. Seven, when you approach God, do so with the understanding that your attitude towards others is a determining factor in whether your worship, your prayer is acceptable or not. Eight, when you approach God, do so knowing that the wonderful things you have done, the good programs you have planned, how well you, how well loved and respected you are, none of these things can qualify you or make you acceptable to him. 9. When you approach God, do so always with a heart of penitence. Humble yourself, confess your sins and sinfulness, and take hold of his grace. 
If you cannot see any sin to confess, confess the fact that you cannot see your sin and pray for him to help you see yourself. Loving Father and our God, forgive us our sins, I pray. Please help us to de develop a consistent and rich prayer life and help us always to approach with the right attitude. Help us to have the right attitudes towards you and the right attitude towards our brothers and sisters. Please help us to be like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.